from the Teaching and Learning Collaborative at the Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Josh Luckins, instructional designer and host of the CoLab podcast, where we dive deep into the art and science of teaching and learning. I'm joined today by my colleagues Lucy Wolski and Megan Hamilton-Gebert, and we're going to talk about transparency in teaching and learning abbreviated as T-I-L-T, or TILT. Now, Lucy, I know that TILT is a subject dear to your heart. So can you introduce us to this idea of transparency in teaching and learning? I will attempt to introduce it and do it justice. I do know that it started in the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, which is where I grew up. And it is basically a student-centric way of writing out the assignment instructions so that it makes the parts of the assignment really um, front of mind, the why we're doing it, the what is being asked, and the how to succeed type of questions and answers. That would be my summary. Great. Awesome. Um, Google would even jump in and say that transparency in teaching and learning is a simple teaching technique that aims to advance equitable teaching and teaching and learning practices that reduce systemic inequities in higher education. So it's a really big aim. They're not just talking about, you know, uh, being a better teacher, engage students more. This is huge. The goal of this project is not just to make our classroom practices better, but actually to increase outcomes across the board for for students and uh, improve equity in higher ed. So that's pretty big. Megan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are very similar to what you just had with uh, consulting Google for a definition. I feel like as an instructional designer, a large part of my job is just Googling the latest acronym in the field. And not going to lie, I had not heard of TILT as a teaching philosophy and teaching practice until I came here to Wentworth and uh, picked it up from some of my colleagues. But I do think it's a concept that you may be doing without realizing it. Um, I think it's a concept that aligns with other common best practices in the field um, in terms of writing purpose statements on assignments to tell students why they're doing it and spelling out exactly from the student perspective instructions to help them succeed on these activities. That notion of transparency may exist in other teaching philosophies. So even if you haven't been calling it TILT, it's possible you may have been doing it already. So I thought it would be great to listen to Mary Ann Winkleness, the founder of TILT, Transparency in Teaching and Learning, briefly describe her vision for how this framework works. This is from a YouTube video that we will provide a link to in the show notes. When we ask teachers to be a little more transparent about academic work, all we ask them to do is to discuss with students ahead of time, before the students do the work, three aspects of the work, the purpose, the task, and the criteria. The purpose has two parts, really. What skills will the students practice from doing this assignment? And what knowledge will they gain from working on this particular assignment? And we ask the teachers to talk with students not just about the skills and the knowledge as they pertain to that one assignment, but how does that set of skills and that piece of knowledge relate to the students' real lives. I love that because so many times as a student, I was just asked to do something 
because, because I, the teacher said so, or, you know, it's going to be good for you. And that type of um, extrinsic motivation might work at getting me to do something in the short term, but it's not really going to make me a lifelong learner or provoke kind of an intrinsic and lasting curiosity in the topic that would cause me to go deep and, you know, transfer the knowledge and really use it in my life. And an example of that that I can think of from my own education was just the difference between my physics and chemistry uh, teachers. My physics teacher always told us the purpose and he was always connecting what we were doing to real life things. I specifically remember him when we were learning about acoustics and the properties of waves and he would make, you know, play taps on this, these different uh, objects that he had, spinning them around and, and whistling and how did all this stuff work? And so I was able to see physics in the world and in my everyday life and get really curious about it and want to know how waves work and what are, what are the properties of sound. Whereas you know, in chemistry, it was like, no, you got to memorize this thing because there's going to be a test and it's because I tell you to. And, you know, when the test was over, I did, you know, I was a good student. I, I did well in my test, but I have no understanding of how chemistry works in the world and how it's relevant to my life. And I know that it is happening all around us all the time. But uh, because of, you know, just the way those teachers introduced the material, one of them stuck and inspired me years later. And one of them is just kind of like, eh, I, I don't really see myself in that field. I can't, I don't feel connected to it. I feel kind of like a block there. Like it's this thing that's beyond my comprehension. Whereas the, the physics professor really invited me in to that field of study and made me feel a sense of belonging through the transparency, through that really making that purpose very apparent and clear from the get-go, just why we're doing this and how this can help me, uh, you know, in, in, increase, enhance my worldview in so many ways. Yeah, it sounds like when you listen to that, Josh, you touched on how to spark passion for the students to take interest and how Tilt can help spark that passion. And when I listened to that video, I had a, a different thing ping on my radar, and that was sparking confidence and sparking self-efficacy and being able to succeed uh, in this topic. I heard that in the idea of making the expectations clear so that you as a student never have to wonder how to succeed on an activity or how to succeed in a course. Uh, those expectations are clear up front. Um, it's laid out transparently what the grading expectations are, what the reason for doing this project looks like, so that you never have to wonder how to get a good grade on it or what your grade is going to be based on the work you put into it. That's such a good point, Megan. And, you know, as a student, I remember uh, basically wasting a lot of my cognitive load, wasting a lot of energy, being like, am I doing this right? Am I even on the right track? Well, what exactly is expected? What, I don't get it. Why am I doing this? And, and you know, if, if some of that struggle can be eliminated from the get-go with real clarity around not only what is expected and why and how it's going to be graded, but why exactly we're doing this. You know, if I want you to uh, struggle through a design exercise uh, and I tell you, I actually want you to be struggling and not be totally clear and have this open-ended thing that you're going to be having to figure out. Then when I'm in my room banging my head against the wall a little bit, I'm going to be like, okay, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm not going to spend a lot of my cognitive load worrying about am I on the right track? I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm just going to iterate five or six different things and, and see how this goes because that's what the professor wants me to do. They've made it clear that that's what they want me to do. Whereas on a different assignment, they might want something a bit more discreet and concrete and specific. And if they express that, then I can spend all of my energies 
on that task and not be worrying about even on the right track in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there should be a range of difficulty and activities that go into a course. So it's good to give students a, a, a heads up at the beginning of it of, you know, here's what to expect as you're completing this task compared to other tasks in the course. So yeah, that's a that's a great sentiment to take into designing uh, your assessments for your students. The TILT website has all of these great examples of assignments that professors from a variety of disciplines have taken their original way that they've been doing it for a while, and then using this framework and this strategy, just transformed their assignment a little bit, just added a couple things, a little tweak, a few tweaks, and they've noticed uh, really powerful results with their students, that students are, are doing a lot better on these assignments. And it begs the question, you know, what, what changed? What was missing in the first place? Um, and uh, something that the founder of TILT, uh, Professor Mary Ann Winklemus, who is currently the executive director of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Brandeis University, but who developed a lot of this TILT work at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV, Something that Dr. Winklemus talks about is that there's basically a hidden curriculum in universities where some students come in knowing how to be good at school, at academic things, whether they learned it in their high schools or maybe they learned it in their families. They had people supporting them. And then there are students who come in without that background. Maybe they're first-generation college students. Maybe they went to a high school that didn't have those resources. Or for whatever reason, folks are not starting off at the, an even playing field. They're not starting off at the same level of just foundational knowledge of what it is that they're expected to do and how to do it and how to succeed, what that looks like. And so she's saying that, you know, these types of providing this types of transparency in your assignments and everything that you do in your classes is a fantastic way to get everybody on the same page and set up to succeed. I like that. I can relate to that, that experience of, of, you know, feeling like there's like an untold secret to succeed that I just don't know and everyone else knows. And it's a, it's a very terrifying <laughs> sequence. And, and to add on to what Megan said and what Josh said, um, they might already be doing this, not knowing what it's called. Uh, and moreover, it's easy to add. Of all the things that we take on, you know, trying new things or, or you know, in- integrating new technologies or pedagogy, this is the one that I consider very low-hanging fruit. It's, it's very easy to add and to, to notice results right away. Going a little more into the specifics of TILT, there are three areas to address when improving your assignments. One is to explain the purpose of the assignment. The second is to really clarify the task. And the third is to make it really evident and apparent what the criteria are on which it's going to be assessed to set those students up for success. So to go a little bit further into the first one, explaining the purpose of the assignment, you really want to make it very clear what exactly, what skills are the students going to develop by doing this assignment? What is it, what is the relevance of this assignment to the discipline, to their overall development as a professional in the field? And just basically why are they doing this so that they have that uh, motivation to move forward and really dive in. They see how it's going to benefit them in the long run. And really spelling that out helps make that happen. Because if you just kind of assume that that's happening, it probably isn't happening for all of your students. 
And the second one is to describe what the students have to do really in detail. And providing examples is a great way to do that. Because when students you know, see an example of what they're aiming for, what to do and what not to do, it's such a helpful scaffold for them, especially when they come in not having a strong background in that area or not having done that type of assignment before. It's really, really useful to provide multiple of those examples so they can get a sense of what it is they're aiming for. And then the last thing is to explain the criteria for grading, how they're going to be assessed. Uh, lots of folks use rubrics um, and also encouraging self-assessment, self-reflection, and even peer assessment and getting multiple eyes on the work in draft uh, and, and all of these different ways that we're, um, you know, as, as faculty so stressed out about, I want to give all my students feedback, but I have 50 assignments to grade and I got to get back to them and I got to plan the class. Well, what are some other ways that you could, you know, make your job a little bit easier on yourself. And one of those is to have those detailed rubrics made so the students really understand what they're going for. Another one is to use some of those peer assessment techniques and train your students in looking, knowing what to look for and being able to give each other meaningful feedback. Um, so those are just th those three criteria of the, the, the purpose, the task, and uh, the assessment that we want to just add just as a plus one to whatever you're already doing now. And a note on the purpose, I also feel like the purpose part of the tilt is an invitation to add which course objectives this assess, you know, this assignment taps into. It's one of the ways that you can, you know, explain to the student why this assignment is important in the grand scheme of things in relation to the course. And it's also QM, Quality Matters Standard um, I can't remember which one, <laughs> but it's one of the ones that just makes the objectives an alignment with the assessments. So I, I think that the QM kind of holds hands a little bit with that, that section of TILT. Quality Matters and QM has several standards devoted to just checking the alignment of your course, making sure that they're are objectives in your course that connect to the learning activities that are done that connect to the method of assessment in your course. And all that boils down to is making sure that everything in your course has a reason for being there. And so by adding that purpose statement or that clarifying statement to say, you know, this is why you need to read chapter one, chapter one will help you complete this, which is tied to your upcoming assignment, uh, that even just a sentence or two about the relevance and the meaning associated with that particular activity can go a long way in motivating and providing structure for students to, to value it in your course. So uh, you, you basically take the, ugh, why do I have to do this question out of the equation when you put the purpose statement right in there. It's such a great point. And I love that a deep alignment of those learning objectives and learning outcomes with this tilt strategy. And to even take it further, if you add those uh, learning outcomes and you have those, those verbs that you're using, they're aligned with Bloom's taxonomy and the students are able to understand at the beginning of the course, we're gonna be doing uh, some, you know, what they used to call lower order thinking and building up that base knowledge. And as we go on, the bigger projects and assignments are gonna actually ask me to do higher order tasks and analyze and evaluate and create. And they can understand then, oh, this is what college level work is. This is what, 
you know, they're asking me to do the, these tasks that are really fundamentally me taking this discipline and making it my own and being able to be a professional in the field and make a contribution. I'm getting trained in how to do that, you know, systematically by little by little moving up in complexity of these assignments. And in spelling that out, you empower students with metacognitive skills that they'll be able to understand, you know, here's what they're doing and why they're doing it and what the processes they're undergoing as they do these things. And also with the ability to then communicate what it is that they've learned and the skills they now have to future employers. It makes them a lot more eloquent and employable when they're able to say, here's what I got out of this class. Here's what I learned in college. Here's what I bring to the table. Yeah, they, they're able to connect those dots themselves. More about the task section is you can list the common mistakes that students make so that they can be avoided. And one other thing you could do is talk about the challenges of the assignment. You don't want them to be frustrated for no reason, but it's okay if they're frustrated because we're asking them a challenging question, or if part of the purpose of the task is to, is to think about this thing for a while, right? It creeps into your head and you keep thinking about it, warning them about these challenges or these emotions you've involved in, in the task is super critical to making sure everyone <laughs> knows what's up, <laughs> is on board, is on the same page. Absolutely. And transparency doesn't necessarily mean giving them a clear example of what it should look like. Transparency might mean um, I'm actually intentionally giving you a very open and ended and vague prompt because I want you to use your design mindset to come up with a, your own solution that no one else has come up for. Use your own thought processes. And that's going to involve you struggling. And that's going to involve you iterating and drafting and you know tearing up a bunch of paper and trying again. The point is that that transparency is out there. So then the student understands why they're getting this assignment that's open-ended and unclear as opposed to them just hitting their head against the wall. Right. Not, it's not a bad instructor. It's designed that way to be vague or, or whatever. For the purpose of this task. Yeah. And I think that's important too in helping students realize they're not alone. I think that learning can sometimes be a really isolating experience. If you're not feeling confident, if you're struggling with the topics, it's not always natural, I think, for students to ask for help, either from the instructor or from their peers. And instead, they might try to shut down and pretend everything's fine. But if you establish the expectations that in order to grow with this, you will be in a place of discomfort, you will be in, you know, you will be struggling with these ideas and assuring them that that's okay. And that's part of the experience, I think, does a lot to help them realize they're not alone. Megan, that's such a fantastic point. And Dr. Winklemus also describes that in some of her research findings. So she did a great deal of research on this method and this technique and found that one of the, the big results of implementing this small addition to your uh, existing assignments of ad added transparency in these three categories was that students reported an increased sense of belonging to the learning community, the community of inquiry, and an increased sense of belonging in terms of seeing themselves within the discipline and seeing themselves as future professionals who belong in this field. Uh, and that serves all students, but in, in the research, it showed that in fact, it increased outcomes um, disproportionately in a good way for minoritized, underrepresented, and underserved students. 
And, and what an amazing thing. We have this intervention, this really straightforward uh, small intervention that, that does uh, in some way level the playing field and allow all students to succeed, increasing that persistence uh, because they feel that sense of belonging and understanding why they're struggling. And, and of course, it's going to, in, in the long run, increase retention as well. It's music to my ears, increasing retention, right? Josh, another thing, just general big picture about tilt to help me wrap my head around it. I'm finding myself comparing it a lot to UDL and to accessibility as angles of approach that you can take, whereas it's less about a specific strategy and more about a, a mindset adjustment to, okay, in order to maintain transparency in teaching and learning, you know, how can I reduce barriers to learning? How can I improve access to learning? How can I improve relevance to learning? And so thinking of it as a mindset that you can then, a lens you can then look through and review your assignments and figure out how can I create more meaning? How can I create more belonging? How can I create more student success with the materials I'm providing? That's, that's the power of, I think. Absolutely. And I love that comparison, Megan, to universal design for learning or the UDL framework that you mentioned before, which also seeks to reduce barriers to learning and level the playing field. And one of the, the um, great UDL principles that I've come to recently is this notion of plus one. You know, you can't completely change your course all the time, but if you can just have one intervention, one new thing that you add, or one slightly different way of doing something, that can make a big impact. And little by little, you can make your course more you know, designed for universal uh, success. And I think of TILT, this idea of transparency in teaching and learning, with their very specific framework and their set examples from their website of here's how you do it, of adding the purpose, the task, and the criteria to your assignments as one of those plus one interventions. Um, so they're kind of frameworks that are complementary in that way. And for folks who are curious to, to learn more, the website uh, is actually very simply tilthighered.com. That's T-I-L-T highered.com. And we can certainly put that in the show notes. And on the website, there's a, a great deal of resources, actually specific examples from a great many academic disciplines about like seeing you before and after uh, assignments before adding that little tilt intervention and after. And you can actually hear from those instructors, those faculty members reflecting on um, what, what their experience of that change was like in their classrooms and the success that their students found in the doorways it opened up um, to, for a lot of students they had previously, you know, unintentionally not been serving as well. But then this through this one small intervention, they noticed a lot more students doing better in their courses. And isn't that what we all want? That's true. Successful students are a goal any of us can get behind. How would you suggest a, a professor go about implementing this? Starting with one, one assignment, uh, probably the next one <laughs> chronologically coming up and using the resources on the website. Um, it's kind of like a template. So you can just pull from those resources to, to fill in the blanks, purpose, task, and criteria for success and just shifting the way you think about the assignment and, and making it super clear to the students of what, what the assignment is. New semester is always a good time to think about new ways to approach your teaching, uh, especially if you can get a firm 
template for a starting assignment that you can then replicate and duplicate onto your other assignments. That way you have that standard of excellence, that standard of improvement applied to every assignment that your students encounter. So I would say start with the first one you've got on deck, see if you've got a, a template or some guiding questions that can help you clean up the language and be more cognizant of the student experience, basically, as, as a student is approaching this, slightly disgruntled, overwhelmed, uh, how am I, how are my students going to handle this and address this? And is there language that I can use that's going to make this easier and more empowering for them to engage with? That's fantastic. I'll add one final recommendation, which is to contact us. Our instructional design team would be thrilled to work with you one-on-one -on -one to help you integrate the wisdom of tilt of transparency in learning and teaching, adding the purpose, task, and assessment to your assignments, and really helping you customize and make this framework work for you and for your courses. So please reach out to us by email at teach at wit.edu. That's teach at wit.edu. Well, Lucy and Megan, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. It has been a delight. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. I'm Josh Luckins, host of the CoLab podcast, a production of the instructional design team at the Teaching and Learning Collaborative at the Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston, Massachusetts. Thanks so much for joining us. And as always, stay curious. Thank mm -hmm. you.